Hello and welcome back to another edition of the venerable, beloved national institution, international institution. Let's go with that. I mean, it's like Wales and England. It counts as international. Anyway, it's another episode of the Drunken Transfer. The Drunken um, Transfer. Way. Oh, and he's given the game away just like that. It's 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 a oh, fin, sorry. but not necessarily the one you're expecting. Because rather than Finnegas Stockton, who's uh, been kidnapped and is being held hostage somewhere in Pembrokeshire, he's not really been kidnapped. He's just with <laughs> his girlfriend getting some uh, some TLC, uh, some tummy loving care, as the actor Mel advert used to go. Uh, no, uh, he, he's he's in uh, he's in Pembrokeshire. I'm in Reading, and Finn Southcline. That's right. If you couldn't guess from the surname, he's another one of me. He's another Southcline. Uh, where are you in the world, Finley? I'm in Lewis. I'm in uh, sunny Sussex. Ooh, not to be confused Ooh. with the ITV crime drama of the same name, Lewis. <laughs> well, uh, you'd be astonished, like the number of people who, uh, me included, by the way, who pronounce it "lose" the first time they see it. Yeah, yeah. They like, just uh, really like, like they really panic and they go, "How how's life in Lewis?" And you say Lewis, and they go, "Well, it's not Lewis, is it?" Well, it is. I promise. It's one of it's one of those deceptive names, like a footballer's name, where you think you've been pronouncing it right all this time, and you haven't. Like, uh, in oh, a similar God, way, to, yeah. it, it, given that we're both uh, Reading fans, everyone had like a collective freakout when it was suggested that Adam Lafondre, Reading legend, everyone thought that his name briefly was pronounced Adam Lafondre, and it's a bit like blues and mm. Louis, a bit like that. And by the way, it is still Adam Lafondre. Don't 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 listen to him. But um, yeah, so it, it, it's it's not just one dollop of South Gline. You've got two dollops. You've got a double Dude. dollop, and um, and and we're going to do our best to hold your hand, dear listener, and navigate you through the upcoming match day three of this torrid, torrid, awful, cursed, afflicted <laughs> uh, official fancy World Cup fancy game because it's it's dreadful bless because you you and you and finn um invited me to to join the the fans you know the world cup version of fantasy football um which was very nice of you but to be quite honest like just having the one team to focus on like it takes up enough of my week um yeah. as you can see from me being top of the league by the way whoa um, you're getting that in quickly <laughs> it's taking me a minute um, but no, I, I've I've seen I've seen some murmurings that it's a bit of a shambles this this World Cup version because I think I did the Euros version in 2021 mm. um, and was naff at it because I didn't really follow. Why can't it all just be the same format? All these fantasy for like the Sun, the t- the, t- the, de- the Daily Telegraph that we once did, um, they've all got different formats and point scoring. I'm just can we not just keep it to you know. Like you get three points for a goal and three points for a clean sheet or something. You've just rattled off a right rogues gallery of alternative fancy providers, by the way. Not yeah, the just sun the sun and but the, the Daily, Daily Telegraph. Telegraph as well. We used to have to. Our beloved grandfather South used to have to pay for the Daily Telegraph version. I mean, bloody hell! But um, yeah, it's, well, yeah, it's, he paid for a team of entire like it was entirely Reading Football Club players when Reading were in the Premier League. <laughs> I made him pay for one, and it was entirely Jimmy Kebe, Adam Lafondre, Joby Bacchanal. I mean, that is money well spent, if you ask me. But uh, it was I, mean, gr- I don't know. I don't know where that team would have ended up, but probably in the lower, the lower quarters, let's say. 
Well, talking about your fancy pedigree, I mean, you've wasted no time in uh, in showing both <laughs> me and Finn up, you know, the regular presenters of, of this um, this modest pod. You know, we're currently trailing you by 14 points in our own mm. three-man mini-league. But you are always sort of um, the, the the other man in the room when whenever we're recording, <laughs> even when you're not there. like Because we keep on referring to how you're doing. And at first, we kind of... Um, I, I don't want to say, you know, we didn't anticipate... You being no, as no, much no, of a threat no, no, as you no, were, no, no. but it, but it's it's very much been a case of like, oh yeah, well, like Finn's uh, Finley's sort of creeping up and like all he's doing for now, but he's but he's you know give give him time and by Christmas he'll be ahead of us, ha ha ha. Like little did we know that was uh, going to be coming true sooner rather than later because I mean you, literally you, like um, keeping the younger brother at the Christmas party occupied, you know, at the, at the certain, like, <laughs> you all right, you having a nice time, yeah. <laughs> well, it's the way that like you've you've snuck up like a thief in the night, and I'm looking at your progress now. I mean, I know this is we're talking about the wrong fancy game in many ways, but Fent, you've you've been having like a, an absolute glut of green arrows. I think all mm. season, I think you've only had one red arrow, which is disgusting. I think your last yeah, well, red I mean, arrow that makes, was that, it's it's mostly in part due to a, a really slow start, which I always have, and. Um, from memory, the last three or four seasons that I've done fancy football, I've I've pressed the self destruct button in terms of like the early wild card. Probably within the first five weeks, every time first five or six weeks, I go, yeah, mm. I've I've mucked up here, um, and that usually gets me back on track. To be fair, but I, what I do miss is being in. Because I, I I try and get Millie, my my girlfriend, involved in it as well. And oh, versus yeah. she's that's a, she's that's really a into football. battle, by the way. Mm. <laughs> she's no, she's really into football. But when it comes to fancy football, um, she she she's confessed that she picks players based off the name, basically, like <laughs> Willie Bolly, uh, you know Pascal yeah, Grob, she calls him. Uh, like Pascal Grob. That is that is. Uh... <laughs> to be fair, she used to do all right at the old. I don't think she's uh, she hasn't played this year. But that's what I need. I need someone else who's bounce my insane tactics and ideas yeah. and thought processes off, just for someone to go. I'm not sure about that. Or yeah, she like you should you know back yourself because that's what I don't have. And I sometimes think yeah. that you and Finn just you you kind of. You don't leech off each other, but you sort of you mm. you, you collaborate and you go. Oh, do you we've know what, we've homogenized. I'm not the only thinking of of captaining this person. I'm yeah. not. I'm not. I'm not stupid. You know. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, Finn. That's actually kind of been our downfall on the regular pod this season. Is that do you think? we've we've seemed to have like hive minded, and whereas we were sort of like we've we've both like talked each other out of the good players and into the bad players. But through like us mm. putting our two heads together, whereas like, I think you've you've said the important thing there, where like you, because you've backed yourself and because you've gone your own way, in the words of Fleetwood Mac, like you've you've managed <laughs> to sort of like forge your own path and sneak up on us, and you know it's very easy to get sucked into this idea of there being like a template and you know doing mm. like the right thing as opposed to the thing you sort of like believe is going to happen, and um, mm. and I suppose the same is true in this in this World Cup edition because. I mean, my God, like rubbish rule set aside. I mean, we should get it out of the way, Finn. I know you haven't been playing long yourself, but let it be said that not only have the people running this game changed the points of players after they've played, 
because what? of failing to... Yeah, they've updated points wrongly for two weeks in a row now and had to update them in retrospect. Oh, my God. Like, it, Gareth Bale getting five points when he should have got seven and then them, like, doing up the, up the points in, in retrospect. Um, they've also made up the rules as they've, as they've gone along, literally, in that they've the game launched and they changed what scores you points. So, like, they took away tackles from defenders and gave them to midfielders. They bumped up midfielder goals from being an initial five to them being seven after game week two. Um, <laughs> it's it's genuinely, it's a farce. It's a, it's an absolute farce. Like, well, what do you are... expect from Qatar 2022? Do you know what I mean? Well, yeah, I mean, you know what? You've hit the nail on the head. We're about to get an email from Gianni Infantino, but that's fine. We'll just put <laughs> that in our scramble. But, um, yeah, no, Today, you're right. It's, I it's... feel seven points. <laughs> Yeah, or five. Uh, but no, it's, you're you're right. It's it's it is just like the perfect microcosmic example of how much of a bin fire it has has been. You know, off off the pitch mm. uh, this World mm. Cup. But so in that respect, Finn, you're not missing out. But um, well, it, yeah, it's going to be fun God. having you on as like a second pair of eyes and ears uh, this week as we scope out the fixtures ahead. Because we the days of us having four fixtures a day at different times are behind us. Uh, they're over, they're over. Yeah, ooh, honestly, it's a bit like, you know, over Christmas when you've been given like a load of chocolate and you spend like a good like week in like a sugar coma because you had too much of a good thing. Oh, yeah. It's felt a bit like that at times because I know we've both got our day jobs, but we've been catching it when we can. But my God, like, it's been too, like, the, the relentless, like, 10 a.m., like, 2, I think it's been like 1 p.m., 4 p.m., and then 7 p.m. It does yeah, take yeah, its yeah, toll yeah. on you. So uh, it's nice to be entering a period of the tournament where it's just like you can have two fixtures on at the same time and just pick the best one. Mm-hmm. And um, there've been a few upsets in the opening rounds. And have, uh, I yeah, just basically just wanted to, to pick your brains and go like, what's been the most upsettiest upset for you of, of the games you've seen? Oh, well, yeah, I'll tell you what, there, there's, there's quite a few. I'm trying to think back to previous World Cups and if there were really any kind of high profile upsets in the group stage. I mean, like, I, I think of Germany, to be fair. Um and it was South Korea did them 2-0, didn't they? Because South Korea, this this back in 2018, I think, they had South Korea had already, you know, lost, they'd lost the, the, the opportunity to qualify from the group. But Germany were, were well on course and then inexplicably didn't get through. So when I think to games like that, I probably would go for, again, I think Germany losing to Japan this time. Did many people yeah. see that coming? I don't think so, really. Um, you know, Japan are a, a, a good team. Um, but, I, well, maybe I'm being a bit biased because they're in my... Um, Germany's the team that I've got in my work sweepstake. Oh, so I was yeah. really hoping yeah, that, yeah. you know, they'd, they'd turn up for me. I think the other team I've got is, is South Korea, actually. Um, <laughs> but I, I also... I loved... Um, I loved the scenes from, and I, I hate to, I hate to, you know, dig into it a little bit, but I, I loved when Iran beat Wales. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I like, thought that was a cracking, just, cracking, um, just that show of emotion, honestly, because Iran, Iran are a good team, um, and it was just getting to the end where you know Wales for the whole of that second half were really under the cosh, 
Um, and it just got to the point where, you, you know, if you distance yourself from the fact that, you know, I'm not, I'm not against Wales as, as a, as a football team or a country in particular, I, you know, I like it when they win. Um, but it got to the point where I just thought, oh, if if Iran don't win this game, they they will not have a better chance to win a game at a World mm. Cup here, and especially when it was ten men and you know Hennessy did his best <laughs> his best impression of a kickboxer. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it was cracking. It was cracking to watch, and and I think two nil maybe was a bit a bit harsh on Wales, but I, you know Iran certainly that that will stick in the memory. I think. In England, yeah. families' I mean, minds as well. It's it's yeah, and, and like you say, I mean, like Finnegas always has a go at me because he thinks I've got some uh, Welsh vendetta, and like I, I don't have a vendetta against the country because I live there and I pay council tax there. It's of just course, occasionally yeah. like a Welsh player will come out with something occasionally, like Keeper Moore saying like, "Oh, we can't wait to knock England out," and all this bollocks. Oh, Sorber uh, Thomas, Sorber Thomas yeah. is the worst. For that. <laughs> Why has he got such a gob on him? It's the same with when he plays for Huddersfield. He just seems to have some sort of... I don't know. He's just got a problem yeah. with everyone. Yeah. it's uh, to, to be honest, like I, I'm all in favour of like the confidence and talking yourselves up and whatever. But like you say, I mean, we were down at a, a local uh, craft... Um, like tap room in 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 shout out to uh, Flowerhorn at ten a.m. on the day when Wales played Iran and it just had that feeling straight from the off of like oh god like they're not doing much defensively and they're not much, doing much in an attacking sense and you know it, it just was a disaster. I mean you got a big man up top in Kiefer Moore and they were putting in low balls to him and there was just no joined up thinking and you know my my better half Zoe um, had Gareth Bale in her fantasy team and um, she was she was ruining that because I mean God they looked so off mm. it. Yeah, it's um, it's one of those where Rob Page, bless him. Like I know, as Reading fans, we're fond of a bold football manager, and you know that's nothing <laughs> against the follically challenged. But bloody hell, if he he is like the biggest PE teacher of a manager at this World Cup. I mean, you look at him and you think he should be like putting out cones, uh, like for like under yeah, somewhere in like Pontypridd. But um, yeah, I I it's it's been. For me, going back to that question I asked you about shocks, in this latest round of fixtures, the fact that Costa Rica off the back of a 7-0 hammering to Spain, then mm. go and beat Japan, who they themselves knocked out Germany, is like the perfect summation of all. Like, the, yeah. I, I know it's a big cliche to say there's no easy games, but you know when you look at us in our family being like half English, half Dutch, and the fact that I've moaned about how the Dutch played against, against Ecuador and England fans like yourself were moaning about how England played against the US. Mm. It just goes to show, you know, that we're both kind of in good positions in the group and, you know, it's it's it entering this third round of games. I was worried that you're going to get a lot of managers resting players, but I don't think that's going to be the case because I was going to wildcard in this week and I'm kind of having second thoughts now because there's still so much to play for. So few teams have won both games so far. Mm. Um, and um, really, it just it, it's it's wide open, isn't it? Yeah, I can imagine you just don't really know where to look in terms of who are going to be the points getters here. Um, and indeed, you know, are our managers going to rest players? Are they going to try and shut up shop for a, a nil-nil? Or, you know, I don't, off the top of my head, I don't know what the situation is with most teams, whether they need a win or they need to not lose. But mm. it's, I can imagine like this, this last round of, I mean, I've heard to, so at the time that we're recording this, uh, England haven't played against Wales, um, yeah. 
And we're hearing that Jordan Henderson is going to be starting ahead of Jude Bellingham. You know, something like that. Mm. It just makes you think, oh, Gordon Bennett. You know, he's, that's, that's Gareth Southgate going for a let's not lose this rather than yeah. let's go out and win and, and top the group to me. And you wonder how many managers are going to be in the same sort of position because you'd much rather, I think, from a... Who said it best? I heard it during during the game. I think it was the, the Wales-Iran game, actually. The commentator said, this is a knockout game dressed as a, as a group game because yeah. you forget just how much pressure... Is on this ninety minutes. Is like there's no there's no second chances. There's no extra time. There's no penalty yeah. shootout. If you need a win, you've got to get it in ninety minutes. And so therefore, the team that's you know just got to hold on for a nil nil or a draw or you know can't lose by a certain margin. That's mm. that's the advantage for them. They can say, well, do you know what? If we hold them out for 75, 80 minutes, we've basically done it here. Yeah. It's it's funny because you know we, you talk about England and the whole like safety first approach and the Gareth Southgate and the way that there's there's kind of been this this dichotomy of the fact that the players like Rashford have come out and said yeah we know we could have played better against the US and and like you've got Southgate marrying that up by saying well you know like I thought it was a really valuable point and Maguire and Stones mm. had a really good game and you know really talking them up and saying that you know they played well. And, you know, pundits and commentators listening to that and thinking, God, did we watch the same game here? But it means that what I wanted to ask you, especially Mm. in light of all the Phil Foden, like, uh, dialogue slash diatribe that's come out, you know, saying, how is he not getting a game and and all that jazz, from someone who's not playing in this fantasy competition and who has watched both England games, like, if you were picking an England asset going into this Wales game, and I know what you've said about Henderson and Bellingham, like price points aside, like if you're looking at it, having not participated, who would be the England players you're targeting? Because it's hard, isn't it? Because you look at Kane, he got two assists in the first game. And, you know, the mm. fact that, you know, we, we might have got six goals in our first victory against Iran. And, if, and and a lot of those were sort of bench cameos too. But, you know, who are the England players that you think are going to be assets moving forward in this tournament? Well... It's still uh, it, it's it's difficult to predict in the group stage in particular, but the <laughs> the irony being that the one shot on target we had against the USA came from Mason Mount, mm. and how many people would have have said that before before anyone had kicked a ball, you know? So, it, to be honest, I for this game coming up from a fantasy point of view. When you ask me that question, and you'll laugh, and there are going to be people who laugh at this. Here we go. I would Here we go, go for Harry Maguire. <laughs> really? I'd, I'd absolutely stick because I'm I'm sick to the back teeth of the lead up to a tournament and people slagging off the same players every time. And those two that I think of in particular are Jordan Pickford. Somehow people think that Pickford is not England's number one. And then mm. we get to a tournament and obviously he turns into, you know, prime <laughs> Lev Yashin. Um, yeah. And uh, same with Maguire. And I'm sorry, and I, I understand, I, I totally understand, you know, he's he's not played at all pretty much in the last 10 games for United. He's been bang out of form. He's been awful. And actually, on top of that, in the two games leading up to the tournament, 
he had a stinker. It was a, it was Germany and Italy, I think, wasn't it? And um, it played poorly yeah, yeah, in right. both yeah. of them. But I, I absolutely stick by the fact that Stones and Maguire are England's best centre-back partnership. And Maguire is just such a threat from set pieces that I think especially going into this game against Wales, I'm pretty convinced Southgate's approach is going to be, let's not make this embarrassing, let's not lose it and get emotional and you know get people sent off or injured or whatever let's just see it you know let's ride it out as long as we don't concede four or lose by four whatever it is um he's not going to drop Maguire it would be silly to do so um and I back him from a set piece so quite honestly because otherwise who do you look at up front Kane hasn't really got going um, yeah. A couple of, of, of assists against Iran, fair enough. But he's, a, again, similar to the Euros, hasn't got going in terms of goals yet. Sterling was pretty much ineffective against the USA. Um, Phil Foden doesn't get a game. Rashford doesn't get a, t- doesn't get a, a start or much of a touch if he comes off the bench. Mm. Um, I like the look of Saka, and Saka is... Is is my girlfriend's favourite player? Just, just she wanted me to say that on it. He's a lovely bloke. He's a lovely. No, bloke. he's a cracking bloke. But he's a, and again a cracking player. But will he see out ninety minutes? No, that also doesn't help his chances. Um, I yeah. Do you know what I'm sticking with? Harry Maguire. Eh? Yeah. Well, you need, tell you what, but like Fantasy Court was all about getting ahead of the curve, and a lot of people will come back to this podcast after Maguire scored a hat trick. Against uh, against <laughs> Wales and has made himself all been a sent off. Hero. Yeah, one or the other. Either way, he's going on the Queen's. Uh, sorry, the King's birthday honours list. Uh, oh gosh, her mad. Yeah, whoops. Um, it made me laugh. By the way, the, the number of uh, people uh, making the lyrical mistake uh, in the first game of the tournament, still uh, singing the alternative version of the anthem. But we'll, we'll move on past that. Um, <laughs> you know, you say about Maguire, and for the record as well, I've, I've got Saka in my fantasy team at the moment. He's, he's on a nice two-pointer for me after a match day two, but, you know, we'll gloss <laughs> over that. Um, the, uh, the pricing structure for England assets in particular is mm. uh, is baffling because, um, in, in fact, the, the prices of most players in this World Cup fantasy game, I know that uh, Cleon, Max and Finn touched upon it in the first episode, but it really is baffling, and I'll just I'll just give you a little bit of insight. So, bearing in mind you've just yeah. picked out Harry Maguire there, and I can't fault your logic. He's one of the most nailed centre backs as well for England in that back line. I mean, he's he's going to start if he's fit. He's currently five point five million, right? Right. Which okay. which you know at, at face value, with nothing to compare it to, you might be going, okay, that's fair value. That's the same as Stones. Um, that's the same as Trent Alexander Arnold, who obviously is you know not in favour. But then it becomes a little bit more baffling when you realise that Luke Shaw, attacking left back for England, also nailed, is only five million. Kieran Trippier, hey. who's on set pieces for England, is also nailed at right back, is also on five million. Oh. And uh, and hilariously, uh, England's second most expensive player, joint second most expensive player with Sterling. Is Phil Foden at eight point five million? He can't get a game. What? Uh, <laughs> yeah. So um, the prices are all over the place, basically. Um, but like, oh. I can't fault your logic with with Maguire. And if it were, if he were priced a little bit more generously, maybe at like five million, I might be tempted to get him myself because, like you say, he's always a threat. 
at set pieces. He had a couple of headed chances against the US, like you say. We know he's going to play. It's, it just kind of makes sense. And, you know, in terms of other England assets, I mean, I've got Saka in currently. Um, I've also got Luke Shaw, who picked up a clean sheet for me against the US. And Harry Kane, who's been a little quiet so far this tournament. I know he picked up a couple of assists in that first game, but I think otherwise, if, if I'm looking at England assets, I wouldn't really be considering many other people at this moment in time, other than Bellingham, maybe, just because he's so involved. But like you say, if he's not going to play in the final game of the group against Wales, he might be one I avoid for now. Um, mm. In terms of like other fixtures that we're likely to be targeting in match day three, I mean, Qatar, who've already been eliminated, are an obvious, obvious like team to to target in terms of getting points. The Dutch play them in their last game of the group. I think they just need to avoid defeat against Qatar, and they're basically through. Um, I've been trying to back the Dutch as much as I can with my team selections up until now. <laughs> I've um, I've had um, good old Andries Noppert, the uh, the breakout star in goal for the Dutch. And uh, at a very cheap 4.5 million too. I've had him in, in goal since game week one. Kind of, oh, brilliant. You know, you, you, you've got to be silly not to back him against Qatar in in terms of him keeping a clean sheet. I mean, he, he's, mm. uh, you know, Qatar, I know they got a goal against uh, Senegal, but, you know, I mean, realistically, they, they, they the Dutch ought to be winning this. Uh, you're going to laugh at who I've got in the midfield. I've gone for bloody Davy Carson. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> yeah. no. Everton legend. Uh, dodgy Davy. Your dodgy Davy Classen, yeah, indeed. Uh, he, he did, however, get me an assist in midweek. Yeah, um, and yeah, didn't he? Last um, Friday, rather. Uh, only three did you have him in, in the, the first game, week as well? I didn't. I wish I had. But uh, part of the reason I got him in for, for week two is just because um, at six million I, and against Ecuador, I thought, okay, like he's, he's, he's worth a one week punt. And um, and he did get me four points, which is fine. I mean, the other yeah, stupid thing enough, about though. point scoring in this game, Finn, is that you only get one point for an appearance, not two, uh. which is uh, very, very funny. Like, you don't get any points for an appearance if you don't make it to 60 minutes. Uh, oh, that's so fantastic. It, uh, that's it, why I was a bit confused when you said that um, Saka had got you two points so far. I yeah, thought, yeah, it's, he's, played, he's played quite a few minutes, hasn't he? It's completely stupid. Like those those two minutes against the US, I, I think he, he got one point for the appearance and then one point for the clean sheet. So it's it's oh. just bizarre. I mean, he was top scoring midfielder in the entire no top scoring player, sorry, in the entire game after that first game against Iran, and you wow. know was worth <laughs> the punt for me. But you know, obviously England's performance many just didn't get anything in the second game. But, mm. So yeah, I've I've got I've got a, a trio of Dutch. The the third man is Denzel Dumfries, who's had a very disappointing tournament so far. He's um he's not been finding himself in the same attacking positions that he, he got into in during the Euros and also has been defensively mm. suspect as well. His positioning's been uh, Alexander Arnold esque. So um, oh, I mean the, the Dutch will be hoping to finish the group really strongly against Qatar and um it's it in Louis Van Gaal's last tournament. I mean, they they've got to try and go out with a bang. But their game against Ecuador really was a contender for the worst performance they put in under under Van Gaal. And they really still fell unbeat. short, really, didn't they? They did, they did. You know, kind of reminiscent of England in that you know the the point itself wasn't the most disappointing bit because they're still top of the group. 
the real mm. the real sort of a galling aspect for me having watched the full 90 minutes was just like how flat they looked and they yeah. it's funny because it, even though they were the fourth highest goal scoring team in qualifying and thought there might be a couple of like uh, good cup prize fancy assets like uh, Steven Bergvine who's down as a midfielder in this game and you know Frankie Diong's decently priced even though you know they came into this tournament in good form they don't look like they've got goals in this team especially with Depay not fully fit and you know what what have you made of the Dutch so far Finn? Um, it's a shame really because I went into the tournament thinking I don't want to have to face the Dutch as an England fan, you know, in, in, in the, in the knockouts. And there is obviously a strong chance that we will, depending on who finishes where, but I watched, um, yeah, I, I watched the game against Senegal, the 90 minutes and was not particularly impressed. I got to say, um, and yeah, the disappointing thing for me was that in the game against Ecuador, they just they just seemed yeah they're just bereft of any anything up front, and and the fact that they went one nil ahead, you thought okay, well you know that's fine, they're going to go on and, and win it, and maybe one nil or two, but to just kind of let them back into it and then eventually concede the equaliser, you thought oh god, like they're not they're not at it this tournament, and. And unfortunately, from from an England perspective, I hate to go back to England constantly, but you know, qualification mm. and how you do building up to the tournament very rarely, tra- you know, correlates in the tournament. You know, I mean, you just have to think back to the Euros in twenty sixteen when England got thirty points out of a possible thirty, and then just decided to not turn up. You know, so I hope we don't see that. From the Dutch, because I'd love them to go to go as far as possible, quite honestly. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I I I really got the impression in interviews from you know Van Dyke and 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 etc. that they were really up for it. You know, because Van Gaal, you know what he's going through. They all want to pull in the same direction. They all want to you know go out with a bang. And it's been pretty pretty tepid so far. Mm, yeah, completely. And like they've got it all to prove against Qatar, who are, you know, the sort of like lame ducks of the tournament, if you like, um, mm. so far. And, you know, they just hopefully can make a bit of a statement before they, they well, fingers crossed, get through the group. And, uh, just oh, before gosh, we go yeah, on, Finn, uh, I'm just going to pause very briefly. It says you're offline. I saw that. Yeah, it came up as like a you're offline and then it said back online, like success or something. But I would. I haven't got anything on my screen saying that I'm offline at the moment. Okay, it still says offline for me. As long as it says that you're online, it should be fine uh, because you can just download it and send it over to me. So as long as it says you're still I think it's fine. fine. I think so, anyway. All right, cool. That's fine. Yeah, we'll just keep going. Um, all right, so I'll just crack on. Hang on. So that's England, that's Dutch, that's the two family teams out of the way. I mean, it's, it's nice to be able to get away with talking so much about our two home teams in quotation marks without Finnegus being here because he can't tell me off. And, he's, <laughs> he's, you know, it's, I, I'm the king, king of the coop right now. So, I'm the captain now. Uh, I, look at me, look at me, I am the captain now, indeed. <laughs> you know, what, what a film. Uh, it, I, I'm glad, in a way, that you're not participating in this fancy football malarkey for the World Cup, Finn, because if you could see my team for this match day just gone, match day two, 
you'd be you'd be wincing because um, my highest scorer, uh, other than my captain who was Messi, uh, was Luke Shaw because the rest of my team goes something like this: I transferred out Andres Nopper, who got me two. I I, I put in uh, Roche off my bench, who got a big fat goose egg zero. Oh no! Uh, Joachim Mela also got me zero. Um, <laughs> and his compatriot, Skov Olsen, um, who's been playing out of position up front for the Danes, uh, didn't even play. So he also got oh, his Oh, wow. Um, wasn't that a little tip from, from Finnegus? It was. And I'm glad that you brought that up because it's his fault. So thank you very much. <laughs> uh, mind you, I gave him Duff Info with Bergvine as well. So um, oh. even more depressingly, um, Kuki, who is a uh, centre back for Qatar and he's priced at 3 million cheapest defender in the game. He's basically oh, just wow. there for budgetary reasons. He got a uh, minus one for me this week. So thanks, Kuki. That's, uh, that's lovely. Um, I overslept before I could bring in De Bruyne off my bench. Um, so I just had uh, eleven million pound uh, Kevin De Bruyne just chilling uh, on my bench uh, for this game week. So I was watching the whole of Belgium versus Morocco, going, "Please don't do anything, Kevin." And lo and behold, he didn't because um, Belgium looked terrible against Morocco. And that's to take nothing away from Morocco because they did very well. It's only, the, I think, only the third win they've ever got at a World Cup as yeah. a country. And it's their first win against European opposition ever at a World Cup. Wow. But uh, bloody hell. Like, um, Belgium looked like, and I don't say this lightly, they looked like Steve McLaren's England from 2008. <laughs> because oh, they, 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 they looked old, they looked stiff, they looked structurally rigid, <laughs> they looked slow. They look Some serious, serious infighting going on over there as well, you know, between yeah, like, see totally. the back and forth between De Bruyne and Vertonghen. I didn't know. Did, what, what happened there? Well, obviously, De Bruyne earlier on said, yeah, we've got no chance of winning the World Cup because we're too old. Yeah. Um, and so post-Morocco, uh, in, the, in the post-match interview, sorry, um, <laughs> Jan Vertonghen retorts with the... I guess we were too old to uh, score up front oh. as well. You know, we're too old to do well up front, I presume, or something like that. And, you know, that, that comes across pretty bad, quite honestly. Um, wow, yeah. That's, when you've got two of your senior players, like, openly sort of, like, bickering like that, it's just, like, not mm. good for anyone at the camp, is it? I mean, mm. it's, it, but it's funny. Like, the whole thing that De Bruyne keeps on trotting out, you know, like, it's very De Bruyne in many ways in that, you know, I know he's very humble and very, like, down-to-earth and quite quiet, like, off the pitch, but, you know, you don't want your captain, like, coming out all of that. And, like, I was, I was reading a completely unrelated article. It was, like, a um, basically just an interview with him and his family in The Guardian this week where he was saying it to, like, his physio in the kitchen. I thought to myself, Jesus, like, all right, Kevin, like, don't, don't talk yourselves up at all then. It's, but, like... But during they, the tournament but, as well, it's just a very weird yeah, tactic, very you know. I, I, I don't get it. Like, fair enough. Like, kind of, talk, you know, downplay yourselves before you get there, and then maybe yeah. you know people say, "Well, they're not taking themselves seriously." But to actually yeah. do it during, you know, during the tournament after you've played the first game yeah. and really not turned up. I mean, I, I watched, I watched the. Um, I watched their their game against Canada and th- and was actually really annoyed that Canada didn't even yeah. score. You know, big and, up Junior Oiler. Yeah, oh, big up the the Reading Massive. You know, and uh, yeah. flying the flag with Baba Raman as well. But yeah, I, yeah, I, I did feel sorry for yet. Canada. 
Yeah, I, I felt sorry for Canada too because, I mean, I was watched the same game and I thought to myself, they were very, very, very lucky not to lose to Canada. And, uh, mm. I mean, they, they're going into a very tough final game against Croatia, who everyone's been calling dark horses. But it's a bit weird to be calling Croatia dark horses when, I mean, they were beaten finalists four years ago. So. Yeah. But um, it's it's not looking good for Belgium. Um, I thought Morocco as well, looked, you know, quite disciplined and impressive and, you know, so Group F is still for the taking. And as far as the rest of my team goes, other than my, like, De Bruyne nightmare, Kooky nightmare, and Skovolson nightmare, um, my biggest nightmare of the week, and uh, this is actually going to be my Tank Your Rank for the week. Uh, we haven't done a Tank Your Rank for a couple of weeks now. But, tank um, Your Rank! There you go. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's uh, almost like having Finn Stockton here with us all the way from Pembroke. Well, it's always been me. It's always been me. It's just kind of, you know, in, invokes the, the, <laughs> yeah. the South Klein spirit. I've never seen you two in the same room. So, one well, that's not sure I have. But uh, it's, um, yeah, by far and away, the biggest egg on my face this week came in the form of me having made my two free transfers with Neymar still in my team, not realising that he'd been ruled out of the rest oh, of the group stage. Oh, no. So, um, oh, I merrily God. transferred in Klassen and Saka with Neymar taking up like 10.5, 11 million pounds of my budget. Um, still in and um, typically Finn because he's ever the competitor he he will be shouting at me if I accuse him of this I'm not I'm not saying that he did anything underhand but he only told me Jacob why why have you still got Neymar in he's injured after like the deadline had passed and I was like oh thanks Finn um, but well, sorry, in the end, I just I... picture this whole scenario imagine like you in a in a parallel universe you are the manager of this team and Finn is your assistant, <laughs> and he rocked up. <laughs> he walks into the changing room. And it's like right, this is it. And you go, Neymar, what are you doing? He's got an, he's got an ice pack on his ankle. It's like, well, boss, just, I've done my ankle, haven't I? And you go, oh bloody hell! You turn to Finn. What are you telling me? And he wants your job. And he's like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> well, that's it. It's, it's all the politics, isn't it? But um, yeah. You, you watch, Finn. Like, it, the, the jungle transfer is going to be back for next week and I would have been left out in the cold. And I was like, just like, Jacob, never heard of him. Um, but uh, no, I mean, it's, it's especially funny given that, like, Neymar has since posted a picture of his ankle on social media. And it looks like a big gammon steak. It's like, oh, it looks like, well, oh, hideous. Sorry, yeah, Neymar. Couldn't have played on it. But then, because I couldn't live with my failure, in the words of Thanos, um, I I had to take a points hit to get him out because I didn't want him stinking up my bones. Oh, and uh, I brought in Richarlison, who ended up on one point for this game week. So uh, he effectively oh, ended up on no. minus two for me. Uh, oh, so it was just like yeah. me compounding my disaster with an even bigger disaster. So uh, that is how to tank your rank if you're in, in any doubt. Um, spend your free transfers on not getting out an injured player take a point hit to get out said premium injured player for a player that then does nothing. Uh, you're all welcome. Um, I, <laughs> I will never, ever, ever be able to live that down. And um, you, you've done well again, Finn, to save yourself from the pain. Um, my biggest jammy moment of the tournament so far was putting in Teo Hernandez into my starting lineup, who wasn't due to start and then came on as a sub after 10 minutes after his brother... Uh, Luca Hernandez had come off injured and he got me another handy four points this week. So he's ticking along nicely. Uh, can you imagine, by the way, 
if oh, we in some nice. parallel universe, if we were footballers in some parallel universe, and I don't think either of us have like the physique or dedication, but like, can you imagine being Luca and Teo Hernandez competing for the left back spot for your country? Like, I mean, it, it's it would fascinating, be, isn't it? It's, it's not even it, like they're at separate ends of the pitch. It's literally yeah. the same. It is the same position. Yeah, it's completely bizarre and like very different players. But I imagine it's going to make for a very uncomfortable Christmas dinner. You know, the fact that like uh, Luca has to like sit on the sidelines watching his brother tear it up in in his, literally his position. You know, his having position. but to be like fair, him. I couldn't really imagine it any other way. Especially if it was you and I. I think yeah, for, if we were going to get subbed on or off, it would be for the other. Yeah, I mean, totally. I mean, like and and like. You know, because we're good sportsmen and we don't like to like uh, do each other down. I, I, I would be there going like, "Go, go on, Finn," but like secretly going, "Oh God, what could it be?" <laughs> but um, yeah, it's it, other than that. I mean, looking at next week, I have I, this is usually the part where like Finn would go, "Oh, Jacob, what are you doing for next week? Like, what are your transfer plans?" And um, and he, you, you as an avid listener of the Drunken Transfer up until this point, Finn, will know that because I always go first. He always copies my best ideas. Um, however, he's he's not around to copy me this week. But um, and, and also, well, you, I mean, you do you want to disclose either. your plans to me? Yeah, I, actually, I do because I know that you've got no skin in the game. You've got no ulterior motive. I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do, and you'll be like, you know what, Jacob? That's either either a shit idea. Yeah, what or have you put in? Not a penny. Uh, I, <laughs> I, I'm actually going to wild card so uh, so in this game you get um one wild card to use at any point during the tournament you get unlimited transfers after the group stages and then progressively mm-hmm. more and more transfers the closer you get to the final so it's a bit like the euro fancy with which you have already played right um mm-hmm. so because i hate my team so much and because i'm expecting some form of rotation <laughs> from uh, teams that are already through, you know, like Portugal and whatnot. Um, I'm going to wildcard this week uh, to give me the flexibility of changing my team right up until the individual deadlines and to get out some okay. of the lame ducks that I've got in, like, bloody Kuki and Klassen and, like, my Argentina lads, like DePaul, who have done nothing for me so far, um, Scov Olsen, who I'm not convinced is going to start again. I just see it as a way in which I can just sort of, like, get my tournament back on track because I'm going to front up with you so your, right now. So your funds are going towards mainly where on the pitch? Are you thinking defensively, offensively, uh, just like a, a, a blend, of, well, you know, all, all over the park? Or Yeah, I mean, it's, it's funny because coming into this tournament, like I know that um, the, the lads were discussing it on the first episode of the, of the World Cup series we've done. Like the conventional wisdom coming in was that the money was best invested up front in the premium strikers like Messi, Mbappe, Kane. And like certainly sure. in the case of Mbappe and Messi, that's probably true. But I'm yet to be impressed with Kane, who's still, you know, stinking up my forward line. Uh, mm. Neymar's now gone. His spot is currently taken up by Richardson. So in answer to your question, I would love to redistribute some of that money into my midfield, except the midfielders are so weirdly priced and the most expensive midfielder is is De Bruyne, who I'm not convinced is going to be in the knockout stages at all. That no. I would invest it into my, into my backline because I've gone quite skimpy in places like with Kuki and like uh, Roche is like really cheap. He's only four million, but at the same time, like 
the the premium premium defenders like João Cancelo aren't really getting forward for their individual nation. So it's like if I no. free up that money, there's no obvious place to spend it. So um, it's going to require a bit of thought. I think I might go for what you've suggested and just basically evenly distribute it around and basically just sort of have a scattergun approach where hopefully a strike gold with one of my picks as opposed to putting all my eggs in only a few baskets. So mm. I, I don't know. I mean, there, there are a couple of players I wish I have and, and like, I'm going to urgently, urgently get in. Like the fact that I've gone this entire week without Mbappe has really hurt me. Um, Finnegas, because he's a jammy bastard, captain Mbappe this week, because of course he did. Of course, um, yeah. He is steaming away in our league, by the way. I'm very embarrassed to say that. Um, oh, no, I take it back. Finn is currently second out of 13 teams. I've gone Ooh. from being second last week to a, a whacking great eighth because I suck. Um, and Even more embarrassing uh, is the fact, not because she's a woman or my girlfriend, but because I gave her help with her team and she has ended up doing better than me. It's uh, my, my better half, Zoe Jenkins, who's currently uh, in sixth and is ahead of me by four points. Um, so if, if nothing else, I oh, hope yeah. to salvage some form of pride and get uh, back ahead of her this week. The other most embarrassing, even more embarrassing than that, um, Kieran, who is by his own admission, not a football fan and is just, he, he's, he's a rugby fan, he's Welsh. Uh, and he's just doing this quote unquote for fun. He's also beating me by three points. And that is a wrong that must oh, be right. God. Um, it's uh, it's just a, it's a disaster all round. I'm afraid. Uh, there's also a lad in our mini league who I've never heard of before called FPL King Kong. Uh, if you're listening, uh, you've got it all to all to do, mate, because you've got half the points of uh, of the league leader Emaz, whoever you are. Um, so yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting old week. Um, I I am going to wild card. I, I need to. To be honest, I say I need to get it back on track. I don't really, because I should have done what you did and what Erling Haaland's done and just had a holiday because it's brought me... <laughs> I'm worried that you were going to say this, actually. It's brought me no pleasure. It's brought me no joy. Uh, there's oh. no prize, even, for uh, finishing high up in this competition. <laughs> No, usually, so you know, in the Premier League, you've got like uh, you can get match tickets and like VIP experience, yeah. or, like a stress ball or a goodie bag or whatever. Uh, there's no price, which is probably why FIFA think they can get away with just changing the rules every week because they wow. don't care. Um, so wow. it's, it's just it's just a, a bloody disaster. Um, I uh, yeah, I mean, the, the less said about it, the better. To be honest, I can't believe we wanged on for three quarters of an hour about a game that doesn't even matter and that only one of us is playing. <laughs> but uh. But there you go, I suppose. I mean, are there any other fixtures moving into this uh, match day three? From that, like, even if not from a fancy perspective, you're just looking forward uh, to watching because. Well, you know, I have it's... to say, I, I, I have to, I have to make a mention of the fact that pretty much the deciding game uh, in group. I'm going to embarrass myself here. H. Well, let me have a look. I, I'm going to do my Richard Osman act. Basically, have a look. Uh, we have got a repeat of the infamous 2010 game. I think it was the. Oh, wow, I'm really doing well with facts here. Uruguay versus Ghana. That's yeah. what I'm talking about. Who's not going to want to watch that? That You're is going to be absolutely. And you know what? Top of, the, top of the. Top. You've done very well. It is Group H. The top marks to you, Finn. 
Uh, They're kicking off at three o'clock on my birthday, the 2nd of December. Oh, lovely. Uh, I would quite like to see Luis Suarez in tears for real this time, as opposed to the crocodile tears he did when walking off the pitch after punching the ball off the goal. Um, and uh, yeah, Ghana are a team that I am sort of like uh, as a, in a neutral way supporting this tournament because, like you say, they've, they've they've got history on their side and they need to right a wrong against Uruguay. They could have been yeah, the absolutely. first ever African nation in the semi final of a World Cup, and Uruguay robbed them. So I'd like to see. I mean, Ghana have been a great watch this tournament anyway. I mean, because they're so gun ho, mm. and uh, Mohamed Kudus is such a good watch for them as well. He's got two mm. goals and an assist. So far, and he's he's a good fancy asset to. If you're actually listening to this podcast for the fancy content, somehow, Mohamed is a really really good get. Yeah, <laughs> but like I, I would definitely uh, consider getting in old Mohamed because he's he's lit red hot and he's just fun to watch. And yeah, so I mean it, that's that's Group H. You're right. It's it's a group that's wide open, barring Portugal. And uh, yeah, I mean there's a couple of tasty fixtures. I mean Japan, Spain's going to be an interesting one. I mean if 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 Japan don't lose to mm. Spain and um, Germany win against Costa Rica, I'm trying to work out the permutations here. I think Spain are going to be okay, basically, but like that's another group that's like wide open. Uh, I'm looking at. I mean, if, if Poland can somehow get say, a shot win against um, Argentina, that would be helpful. Something that I didn't ask you in the end. Hmm. Something that I didn't ask you during during this podcast is is who who do you think is going to win the thing? Because to be honest, my dark horse for the tournament is Spain. Yeah, see, I'm glad that you brought this up actually because I mean, I, I if you weren't going to ask me, I was going to ask you next. So um, I'm I'm glad you brought oh, it up. Really? But, um, both Finnegas and I have put the kiss of death on Argentina because they were who we were tipping going in. We just thought it made too right. much sense. Basically, you know, Messi's last tournament. Last chance to you know get himself you know amongst the, the World Cup winners and um, they they were so so bad in that second half against you know a very disciplined and rigid and um, and uh, scrappy Saudi Arabia but um, I think my tip has probably evolved from being Argentina to the other South American side in Brazil I think Brazil have just looked like they've got too much strength in depth and. Mm. They sort of have won both their games so far, like without having to do too much. They, they kind of look, you know, the mark of a good team is one that can sort of like win at a canter, you know. Um, it's been them and France, really, isn't it, that have, that have just sauntered through the group stage so far. Yeah. And um, yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised, honestly, if that was, that was the final. I think it is possible that that could be the final. Mm. Um, so but are you yeah, tipping, I just are you tipping France then? Well, I have to. I have to say, I'm still I'm still lingering on Spain. Quite honestly, I do think that not enough people are talking about them, mm. and I yeah. just sort of think oh, they, they could they could just sneak under the radar enough. So then it will get to the quarters and the semis, and people go, "Oh, flipping out! Spain look quite good." Yeah, um, yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see them go far, but my my head says it will be one of Brazil or France, probably Brazil, just just tipping it. It's funny because um, 
you know, I say it's funny. It's like deeply, deeply annoying for you know someone like me to watch Spain beat the Dutch in 2010. But you know the way that Spain have had two of the greatest midfielders ever retire in the form of Xavi and Iniesta, and they've mm. just had like two of their football manager regens take their place in like Gabi and Pedri, who have looked yeah. so good this tournament. And again, like you say, you know, two players Cracking that have really yeah, under the radar in the age of like Mbappe and you know Foden and and um, Holland and whatnot. Like they they have just like bossed the midfield this World Cup. And and another player mm. worthy of mention just for his game week two heroics was uh, Alvaro Morata, who just shit housed his way off the bench uh, to, <laughs> to a goal uh, against Germany. And uh, shout out to Fulkrug as well. You've got a um, who, who was basically like the German Ricky Lambert who got a goal for Germany in that game too. So yeah, it's um, it's going to be really interesting the deeper we go to see how the likes of Spain get on because, like you say, maybe a little underappreciated, which is weird to say for a team that's you know beating another team seven nil so mm. far in the group stages. But yeah, it's it's uh, it's probably quite a clever little shout that, and we should get you on more often for for, for cutting insight like that. So. <laughs> Uh, I look forward but, to it. I'd certainly, when we do like um, a, a, a fantasy Premier League episode, yeah. I'd love to come over and and just gloat, basically. But I, I have to as well. <laughs> there's been there's been moments in my head where ah, uh, oh, I just wish, I wish I could have have spelled it out to you. Some of the, I mean, I think to be fair, I briefly mentioned what I did one week uh, mm. involving Crescenzio Somerville. And oh, it, no, I can't I'm believe you did at the that. moment. It should be about thirty. Yeah, my bro- honestly, my co-host Finnegan Stockton was absolutely apoplectic the the way that you brought in Somerville, benched him, and then he got a thirteen pointer. Like, that's for a minus four. <laughs> you have got this unique and beautiful and rare gift where whoever you bench on any given week just ends up getting you like minimum of twenty I, points. And it's and it's had me in a in a chokehold for about four years, and yeah. I cannot shift it. I, I do I do my absolute best to shift it and it just doesn't work and uh, do you know what at the start of this season I was plodding along all right you know okay maybe maybe someone you know a four pointer here or a five pointer there I could live with that you know but then about a month before the the halfway break suddenly people were just churning out you know tens thirteens sevens I thought oh my god God, but no. at least you know I'm, I'm looking back at it and saying, okay, I'm still first. I'm 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 plodding away fairly nicely in my other leagues, like my uni league. Shout out to those those boys and girls. Um, we're all doing pretty well. I mean, God, the the guy who's first in that league, Greg Ritchie, uh, big United fan. That's a Greg. I, I cannot I cannot fathom how he is always ahead of the curve. Like he, he was the first to bring in Castagna. He was the first to to bring in uh, Ben White into the fold. I'm pretty sure um, the first to ditch Gabriel Jesus for for yeah. for better. But oh, I just I cannot fathom it. Well, at all. there is one and, very um, simple explanation, Finn, and it's is that he's a time traveller, and um, rather than using his be. power for good. He's decided to use it to get ahead of the game in in fantasy football, and you know what? That's fine. It's probably what I would do too if I was a time traveller. So, um, you know, fair play, Greg, if you're listening. You're probably listening to this um, five years in the future, actually. Um, <laughs> but um, 
Yeah, I, we'll definitely have to get you on again, especially if, if you have a repeat of uh, what you did three seasons ago where you finished in the top 100k. You finished at about the 89k mark unexpectedly. Yeah, I was dead years. chuffed looking at that. Dead chuffed. I'm sure that was the season where Danny Ings was just popping them in yeah. left, right and centre for, for Saints. And, um, and okay, I'm a bit biased because I'm because my second team really is Southampton. But I was watching him pretty often, and I genuinely there was no better striker in the league at that time. And uh, totally fixture proof. So I thought, yeah, I'll go with him. And he was captain most of the time. And that must have been why me and Scott, my other Saints fan, I think he came top in that that season, and he finished on that sixty k. Astonishing, absolutely astonishing. Yeah. Well, look. Uh, in some parallel universe, Ricky Lambert is uh, is has made it onto the plane for Qatar 2022 and has just uh, put three past the US. So, uh, you know, <laughs> it's um, you know what could have been. Uh, well, listen for for any better reason other than the fact that I'd like to have a funnily enough a drink with you on the drunken transfer. I've had to um, raid uh, our dad's uh, whiskey drawer tonight for uh, alcoholic uh, refreshment. But um, oh, we'll have to get you on if. If not for a drink, for you like telling me how wrong I've been to have not owned Miguel Almiron or James Madison like even once so far this season. So uh, by by the new year, by the turn of twenty twenty three, uh, we'll get you on again when FPL is back underway, and you can oh, tell me and my wait. co-host Finn Stockton how how wrong we're going with it all because I mean God, we need the help, Finn. But um, in the meantime. <laughs> Thank you for coming on as an, an admirable stand-in for a uh, Oh, I'm not sure about that, but it's, it's been an absolute pleasure. No, no, it's, it's genuinely been really, really good. It's nice to have a fresh pair of eyes and ears for this weird and wonderful tournament and uh, weird and wonderful and, frankly, shit fancy game that we've been positioning <laughs> with for the last couple of weeks. Um, if you guys at home listening to this have made it to the hour mark, Thanks for bearing with us. Finnegus will be back from his um, from from tanning himself in Pembrokeshire as of next week, and uh, we'll really be able to fill you in on all the stuff that's happening in the group stage as we move into the knockouts. Uh, hopefully, the game won't have like imploded and crashed by then. And uh, if you'd like to follow Finn, my brother Finn, that is on Twitter, he can be found at Finn Southcline. Uh, give him a follow. He doesn't need the follow. He's got a fair few already, but you know, I'm sure he's appreciate it. I don't mind it. it. I mean, there's just ramblings he, about he, Reading Football Club, basically. He'll take your charity. Yeah, but I mean, that's, that's that's uh, you know, that's half of what they get with me, honestly, is like various like rubbish, like Reading ramblings. And uh, <laughs> please give us a follow as well at, at Drunken Transfer. That's at Drunken Transfer for all of your uh, various fancy football and other like needs within reason um and uh and for now thanks for listening you've been listening to the drunken transfer uh world cup edition episode two with uh the south Klein brothers grim finn and jacob take care you lot uh don't eat the yellow sand in qatar and uh we'll speak to you later up the day ciao for now <laughs>